Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 133 Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded this blessing, life forevermore. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 1 through 23 and 35 through 42. Then David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And he said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing either great or small without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. But David vowed again, saying, Your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit at the table with the king. But let me go, that I may hide myself in the field of the third at at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me to run to to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the clan. If he says good, it will be well with your servant, but if he is angry, then know that harm is determined by him. Therefore deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant with the Lord with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. For why should you bring me your father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from you. If I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let's go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow, or the third day, behold, if he is well disposed toward David, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do do you harm, the Lord does so to Jonathan, and more also if I do not disclose it to you, and send you away that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you, as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of, of the Lord, that I may not die, and do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever." when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed because your seat will be empty. On the third day, go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself when this matter was in hand, and remain beside the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a boy, saying, Go, find the arrows. 
If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on his side of you, of this side of you, take them. Then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But if I say to the youth, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter which you have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment of David, and with him a little boy. And he said to this boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only David and Jonathan knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to to his boy and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who were coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When they came, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted all, them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Monday of Easter time. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 33, 1 Samuel 20, and Acts 11. And in uh, in the rare occasion this morning, the psalm seems to connect to the Old Testament reading. Um, I say that because uh, the first verse of the psalm how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity, or in some manuscripts dwell together, seems to be evoking the the argument or the 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 possibility that David and Jonathan were not just battle buddies but also lovers. And in the exchange in First Samuel, um, you know, this is one of the stronger parts of the argument is that they kiss and weep together. Um, they're certainly best friends. Um, they help one another. I think they go to war together, but I, I'm, I can't remember offhand. 
and um, dwelling together or um, dwell in unity uh, seems to evoke an intimate relationship. Um, it might not be. It might be literal brothers. I don't know. Um, and I've always found this argument or the conversation just not really all that interesting. I think if if you're open to the idea that gender is fluid, for example, um, it's not a big deal that Jonathan or uh, David may be Jonathan's lover but then goes on to have a wife. Um, and But I think more importantly, like, yeah, assuming that's not a big deal. Um, it's also not a big deal that Jonathan and David are close. Um, that, um, you know, apparently they kiss when they're, you know, in times of stress. Um, but I've also, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's part of my, like, lack of concern over this, over the, that, the question of um, same-sex relationships. But I also think coming at it from the military and experiencing combat, reading about combat, um, that's a kind of experience that is that can be totalizing, like the highest highs, the lowest lows. Um, and if you experience those, that you know, emotional roller coaster with other people, there's definitely a bond um, that's created. Um, and I, I haven't read the science in some time, but I remember um, reading somewhere that like people who are in traumatic experiences together, say like a bus has an accident and a bunch of people are killed, and you and the the person next to you who both survive, you may end up like dating or something because clearly you're going to get to know each other. But that traumatic experience creates a bond that is. I don't know if I want to say stronger. It's certainly more intense. I'll say more intense than if you had just like met them on a dating app or something. Um, and so it, it's it's perfectly within reason in my mind that being soldiers um, creates an environment in which sexuality is sure a part of it, but not the biggest part, not the most important part. It's about people you can trust. Um, it's about vulnerability. It's about trusting that someone else has your back. Um, because that ultimately is what I think healthy relationships, intimate relationships are about. Um, the you know I think it's really unhealthy relationships that one partner can't trust the other, or both can't trust each other. Uh, you may you know be dating or married or whatever for a long time. But I don't think it's healthy if, if you lose trust. And combat um, instills a lot of trust uh, between members of the same, you know, force. So it's, it's, and I think, I think I was kind of raised uh, centrist or maybe progressive. Um, so the, the sexuality piece is just not as, not as animating, I guess, Um I'm not like, you know, going to pride parades and walking and kind of grabbing the bullhorn and stuff. But I'm also not interested in the kind of weak arguments 
particularly by Christians, that suppose that sexuality is only one thing. But anyway, um, my point is, um, I think the experience of military training and service and even combat can break down some of our ideologies. You can also probably build them up. I can build them up. I think you can break it down if you, you, know, you go through these traumatic experiences and you realize some things are really important and some things are really not important. And for me, at least, like, I, you know, I was a young man when I deployed and I wasn't like, I don't know, maybe I'm weird. Um, but like, it's some things, yeah, some things are really important. And sex and sexuality, um, I did not find to be all that important. Um, and part of that is because you learn the things that are good in relationships when you see the things that are bad in relationships and in the world. And so that, you know, when you have that contrast jacked up, um, you remember that. I still remember that. Like, there's nuances, shades of gray, sure. But when every when the stakes are all really high, you you learn as a survival instinct, as a human being, um, what are those things that you can trust? What are those things that you um, can rely on? And the battle buddies you can rely on, like, it's not about sexuality, but it is about intimacy. It is about trust, um, which I think is a great foundation for healthy sexual intimacy. So I don't frankly care if David and Jonathan are gay or gender fluid or anything else. Like when I read stuff like uh, the reading from this morning, I see that as that, yeah, the kissing and whatever doesn't really stand out to me as much as the surrounding story about trust, about protection, about, you know, being at risk and, and, and figuring out who those people are that, that you can lean on when, when you're in trouble. A prayer for the unity of the church from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice and whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord. That, as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may be all of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, and may with one mind and one mouth glorify you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. 
Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.